The absolute monarchy of the Messiah will extend to Israel as well as to the Gentile nations. But directly under Christ, having authority over all Israel, will be the resurrected David, who is given both titles of king and prince. He will be a king because he will rule over Israel, but he will be a prince and that he will be under the authority of Christ. This week on Connecting the Gap, we're going to get into Lamentations and Ezekiel, and we're going to start on that right after this. Welcome once again to Connecting the Gap. I'm Daniel Moore, your host of this podcast. It's a weekly podcast put out, studies of the Bible. We talk about all kinds of different things as we've started this. We're actually at this for almost exactly a year. I'm getting close to that anyway. We're at episode 48, I believe. And so we are very rapidly coming up on being here for a full year. It's hard to believe that that time has flown by so quickly, um, but I've really enjoyed it. Hopefully, those of you that have subscribed and started following my podcast have been blessed by the things God has laid on my heart to share with you, and hopefully you've been enjoying this extended study we've been doing on prophecies of the Bible as we are working our way towards Revelation and going through all the prophecies and the covenants that the Bible has shared throughout the Old and New Testament. Also, hope you had a great and happy new year. Uh, We are past the new year. It's 2022. We start off a brand new year, a new time, and hopefully this year will be much better than what the last couple of years have been. I just pray that God will extremely bless you in many ways this year as we kick off this brand new year. And uh, hopefully things will be getting better and uh, the COVID and all that kind of stuff uh, hopefully will go away soon. (laughs) It seems like it's just been dragging on forever with all the variants and all that kind of thing. And I know it's caused a lot of heartache for a lot of people over the last couple of years. But you know what? God still rules. He's still on the throne. And regardless of what may come in this new year or what has happened in the last couple of years, we know that he still rules and reigns as our king and our savior. So that's the one thing that we have to look forward to. And as we talk about here in the in the prophecies, as we go through these each week, we know that he's coming back soon. And we are definitely looking forward to that day when he calls us home to be with him. And no more heartache, no more sickness, none of that stuff will ever be in existence again. So regardless of all of that, hopefully you had a happy new year. And as we kick off a brand new year here in 2022 this week, we're going to continue our studies on prophecies of the Bible. And we're going to be starting off in a, a book here that has just a little short prophecy that I want to cover, and that's Lamentations. The Jews abandoned God and sinned without repentance. Their calamity came in the form of the Babylonian army, and they had no God to help them. The destruction of Judah, Jerusalem, and the temple brought great grief and the death wail to the Jewish people. The lamenting of Jeremiah's heart is found in the book of Lamentations. Some facts about the Lamentations that Jeremiah was lamenting about. In Lamentations chapter 1, 1 through 10, it talks about Jerusalem was deserted, despised, plundered, and the people were exiled or captured. In verse 16 of chapter 1, the Jews were made desolate. In chapter 2 of Lamentations, verses 1 through 2, God had no pity on them. In Lamentations chapter 2, verses 5 through 6, God acted like an enemy. 
And in Lamentations 3, verse 45, God made the Jews an offscouring and refuse among the nations. So that was the, the talking about the scattering of the Jews there in Lamentation. Then there's one mention of the millennium that Jeremiah makes in Lamentations. That's in chapter 4, verse 22, when he talks about Jerusalem's punishment will come to an end. We now move on to Ezekiel, which has uh, several prophecies located in it, and uh, we'll go ahead and get right into that. Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 22 through 31 talks about the golden age. The Lord will save and judge his sheep. They will have one shepherd, his servant David, to tend them. The Lord will be their God, and David will be their prince. The Lord will make a new covenant with them. He'll send showers, fruit, and good crops. They will know him and will no longer be prey or be afraid. They will live safely and have plenty to eat. The Lord had been addressing the corrupt shepherds or the corrupt priests and prophets, in other words, of Israel, when his thoughts turned to his own people. Many will die during the tribulation period, but he will not let all of them be destroyed. He will rescue a large number of them. The corrupt shepherds favored the rich and powerful, but the good shepherd will judge everyone alike. Instead of many corrupt shepherds, Israel will have only one shepherd, his servant David. The Lord will be their God and David will be their prince. The Lord will make a new covenant with them. He will rid the land of wild beasts and will send rain when needed. He will cause the trees to yield fruit and make the crops grow. The people will know him. He will set them free and make them safe. They will know that he is with them and that they are his people. Number one, Israel will have a good shepherd and Jesus is the good shepherd. Number two, Israel's shepherd will be their God. Jesus is God the Father. Number three, Israel's shepherd will set them free. Jesus came to set people free. Number four, Israel's shepherd will judge his people. God has entrusted all judgment to Jesus. Number five, Israel's shepherd will protect his people. No one can harm those who Jesus protects. Number six, Israel will know their shepherd. Jesus' sheep hear his voice. And number seven, Israel will follow their shepherd. Jesus' sheep will follow him. Based on many prophecies, the Jews rightly expect their Messiah to appear and ratify a covenant of peace. But Jesus warns them, I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. Before Jesus returns, the Antichrist will appear and produce a worthless covenant of peace. They will accept him, and that will begin the tribulation period. They will not have true peace until the millennium. Jesus is gathering his sheep back in the land in preparation for this prophecy. But they will have to go through the tribulation period before it can be fulfilled. Those blessings are reserved for the millennium. The restored Israel will be one nation not two. The Messiah will be king over all the world, including Israel, and directly under him will be the newly resurrected King David, who will serve as king of Israel and a prince under the king of kings. The resurrection of the Old Testament saints, including King David, will be after the tribulation period, which means the new covenant will go into effect after the tribulation period and during the millennium. It is a future covenant with a literal restored Israel, not the church, and is part of the promises God made to Israel forever. 
Here are some benefits that Israel will enjoy at that time. During the millennium, God will give the land back to Israel. That's Ezekiel eleven seventeen. In verse 18, the Jews will remove all their idols. In verse 19, the Jews will receive the Holy Spirit. In verse 20, the Jews will keep God's laws. In Ezekiel chapter 16, verses 60 through 63, God will remember his covenant. In Ezekiel 20, verses 33 to 38, Jews who do not follow will be purged. Ezekiel 20, 40 through 42, God will require the Jews to offer gifts and sacrifices. And Ezekiel 28, 25 and 26, those who malign Israel will be punished. So who holds the deed to Israel? Well, in Ezekiel 36, verses 1 through 38, God says Israel's enemies will claim the land of Israel, but because they have harmed and ridiculed the Jews and claimed his land as their possession, he will punish them. He will bring the Jews home, cause the land to produce crops, the towns and the cities to be rebuilt, and their enemies to be silenced. God says he is aware that the Jews committed many sins, and that is why he scattered them. But many people misunderstood this and do not believe the Jews are his people. So for his name's sake, he will regather them, cleanse them, change their hearts, put his spirit in them, make the land produce, and cause them to know him. When he gets through, the remaining nations will know him. This is what underlies the Palestinian claim to the land of Israel. Satan wants to keep the Jewish people off the land, and before Jesus can come back and establish his earthly kingdom in Israel, the Jewish nation must be restored. As long as someone else possesses the land, Jesus will not return. God says Israel's enemies will brag that the ancient heights, or the mountains, the temple mount especially, and holy places belong to them. He says to tell Israel's enemies they have mistreated the Jews and they have malice or sin against God and Israel because they do not believe the Bible in their hearts. The land belongs to God and he is upset. He will oppose those who oppose Israel. God says the Jews rebelled against him, so he scattered them. But that does not give Israel's enemies the right to claim the land or criticize him. So he is going to do seven things to protect his name. Number one, he's going to remove the Jews from foreign countries. Number two, he's going to cleanse their sins. He then is going to regenerate or remove the rebellion and give them a new nature out of their hearts and spirits. Number four, he's going to cause them to keep his laws. Number five, he'll put them on the land he gave to their forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Number six, he'll make the land fertile. And seven, he'll cause them to repent and turn to him. This will be his way of telling the world who he is. Jimmy Young, who is very deep into prophecy and those kinds of teachings, has been quoted saying, Ezekiel 36 refers to the land at least 35 times. God's promise to Abraham must be kept. God must give Abraham's descendants the land. Verse 22 says that God will do this, not for the sake of Israel, but for his holy name's sake. Hebrews 6.13 says that when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear no greater, he swear by himself. For his holy name's sake, he will give all the land promised to Abraham to his descendants. Following World War I, the League of Nations gave Israel control over a large area of the Middle East called Palestine. Both Jews and Arabs lived on the land. The population of neither was very great, and most of the Arabs and Jews who live there today are relative newcomers on the pages of history. 
Many nations even encouraged the Jews to go back and resettle the land to create a Jewish national home. Immigration was slow at first, but it picked up. Then, due to Arab claims and complaints, the land of Palestine was partitioned in 1920. The Jews received roughly one-fourth of the territory that had been set aside for them in the British Mandate, and the Arabs received the other three-fourths. The Jewish portion of the territory was called Palestine, and the Arab portion of the territory was called Transjordan. The Jews were told that the land of Palestine would be their national homeland and that they should settle there. They were also told that Transjordan was an Arab homeland and that it was closed to Jewish settlements, but the Jewish territory wasn't closed to Arab settlements. This action was taken by the League of Nations in 1921. Under this formula, Jerusalem and the West Bank were in Palestine, which was Jewish territory. On May 14, 1948, the United Nations reestablished the Jewish nation on the land that had been called Palestine. However, the Jews called their new homeland Israel instead of Palestine. Since then, almost three million Jews have migrated back to the land. Several Arab nations attacked Israel on May 15, 1948, and Israel quickly defeated them. But this time, the United Nations carved Judea and Samaria, or the West Bank, out of Israel and placed it under Jordanian rule. Now the Arabs had close to 90% of the British mandate that had originally been set aside for Israel. In 1964, the PLO came into being, and in 1967, to bolster their claim to the land of Israel, the PLO started calling themselves Palestinians. Israel retook Judea and Samaria, or the West Bank, in 1967. But the Arabs still claim it to this day. In fact, even though they have been given about 90% of what was set aside for Israel, they want more land carved out of Israel to connect Judea and Samaria with Gaza. To make a long story short, Arab claims to the land never end. There have been the Camp David Accords, the Y River Accords, Oslo 1, 2, and 3, the Roadmap, and other agreements, but none of them have brought peace, and all of them have resulted in the Arabs asking for more land. However, it's not for the U.S., the Arabs, the Europeans, or even the U.N. to decide who should possess it. To do so is to ignore the sovereignty of God. Who occupies the land of Israel is God's decision. Why is this worth remembering? Because dividing up the land of Israel is one of the reasons God gives for pulling the nations into the battle of Armageddon. What the nations are doing is satanic. If they could get away with it, they could nullify God's covenants, make the Bible wrong, and stop the second coming of Jesus to rule over the Jewish people. This is not going to happen. So it's time to prepare for war with the one who can't be defeated. These incredible events are proof positive that prophecy is rapidly being fulfilled and the world is quickly moving toward the tribulation period. After going through that, the Jews will repent and be restored. Everyone should pay close attention. God wants to be known and understood. He does not want to be mischaracterized or misrepresented. He is holy and he will protect his name. Restoring Israel to the land is something he must do. It will cause others to take notice and repent. Israel wasn't scattered because she was innocent. The nation deserved everything God did to her. And God isn't regathering Israel because she is good. He is regathering Israel because he is good. He will keep the covenants because he promised to do it. That is the only way to protect the reliability of his name. As we close today, here are some ways that God reacted to Israel's sins. 
In Ezekiel chapter 6, verses 6 through 7, the towns were destroyed, altars devastated, idols smashed, and people were slain. In verse 10 of chapter 6, God does not make threats in vain. Ezekiel 23, 32 to 34, the Jews were filled with sorrow. In Ezekiel 24, 13 through 14, God would not forgive them until his wrath subsided. And finally, in Ezekiel 33, 27 to 29, survivors were killed by wild animals and plagues. That brings us to the end of today's podcast for this week. We'll pick up here next week and continue on into Ezekiel as we continue our study on prophecies of the Bible. Hope you guys are learning and grasping from this. This is uh, this week's especially is kind of telling us the history of the Gaza Strip, why the battles keep going on between Israel and the Palestinians, how that got started. There's a lot of history there, and I think a lot of people don't understand. All they see is the wars going on and how everyone tries to make Israel look like the bad guy. And uh, there, regardless, there's a lot of history behind all of that, though, and all of this is biblical. And when we go in and try to uh, intervene in those situations, and especially if we go against Israel, we are going against God and the plan that he laid out from the very beginning. So that's why it's so important for countries to be in the word and to understand why things are happening. But of course, as we know, the Bible is put to the wayside along a lot of times and people just take other people's word for things as they're happening and they don't understand the full scope of what's going on. And therefore, Satan utilizes the process of that whole thing where people don't understand and they are kind of ignorant towards the things of God and he'll use those to try to fulfill his agenda as he tries to destroy Israel and every covenant that God's ever set before them. So that's a lot of history and background in this week's podcast. Well, as I go today, don't forget my website, connectingthegap.net. I am on all different podcast platforms. Please go and subscribe. And my Facebook page is also out there as well. It is linked to my uh, website. You can also get my blog there. I have a weekly blog that I put out. And then my YouTube channel is there also. You can subscribe to that. Please share and get more people involved to checking all of this out as we are rapidly going towards the end days. Time is rapidly winding down and we all need to be ready for when Jesus returns to take us home. Well, once again, hope you guys had a great happy new year. I'll be back next week. And as I leave, don't forget that God's word never fails us. God's word has stood the test of time. And through Jesus' death on the cross, he has connected the gap.